And welcome everybody to episode number 11 of 357. I'm here with Kellen. We got to open it. We're recording this right after one of the games of the year so far. Illinois, Purdue, noon, noon on a Monday, double OT, great game. Kellen, any reactions from that? Yeah, I mean, I texted Dean right like before, just kind of like in the middle of the second half, like, hey, you want to record it too? It's like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's just wait till the end of this game because there's four minutes left and we're here an hour later. <laughs> it went to double overtime. Um, it was so good that there were two grab your pills tweets from Rothstein. I mean, this game was so exciting. The uh, Purdue was up like during the uh, not the, just during the first and second half for most of it. And then Curbelo played amazing. So did Alfonso Plummer. He was like 50% from three, hit six for 12, I think, something around that. Um, Trent Frazier was great. I mean, they all played great, especially for not having um, Curbelo back. It was different because Illinois, since Thanksgiving, has had to play through Kofi. And tonight they were – not tonight, but um, today they were just a whole different team. They were playing through their guards, which I wasn't a huge fan of coming into the season. I was – I'm kind of an Andre Curbelo hater. After this game, though, I have more respect, but I know I don't think he'll be as consistent. But uh, it was interesting to watch them not have to rely on Kofi so much, especially when he fouled out. And I forget his name, but the other big man who went in was great on defense. I was uh, Benjamin. He was not very good at free throws, but. Benjamin Bosman's were dog. Yeah, I know he had two last names. Yeah, he was doing great on Trey Young Williams at first, but then. I mean, once it got into that other, the next overtime period, they were just getting in foul trouble, getting tired, and Purdue just has so many guys who can score. So uh, I'm surprised Illinois lasted that long without Kofi against uh, Purdue, but that was a hell of a game. Yeah, and that's why, despite being three and two in Big Ten play, they're still fourth in the country because they just have so many guys. And yeah. Purdue for hanging around. Uh, Alfonso Plummer played a great game. All the guards pretty much, but in the day. Yeah, I mean, Ivy was three for 10, I'm pretty sure, something like that, and he had 20 points because he had so many free throws. Yeah, and there was some plays he made. There was uh, – I forgot if it was the end of regulation. Yeah. Time he made that fast break and he switched hands. Not layup, Yeah, he, like, went around yeah. someone and, like, up and under. Yeah, Curbelo. finish. Yeah, just shows how great he is. That was the first game we ended up picking. Spoil it now. I picked Purdue. You and the computer both went with Illinois. You're in a blowout. So I got you guys there. But first, we need to talk about what we did over the week. It was a big, big week for picks. We were hyping up. Big weekend for somebody to take control. And it ended up just being 500 records the way it worked out. Uh, I do. I did have a sl- very slight edge of three uh, with you and the computer both going four and four. So that does tighten our race a little bit, 38 and 26, me being 37 and 27, and the computer's still falling a little bit behind. You're one game behind now? Uh, well, actually, after this game, we're tied. But oh, yeah, you're right. We're tied. As of, as of going, into, going into this game, I was one game behind. Uh, so yeah, we had those picks. But actually, first, before we get into that, we have the AP poll. And there's a lot of news on the AP poll. Um based off that and i'm i'm gonna start off here real quick just saying this is not the time to be gonzaga gonzaga hating should auburn be number one probably but 
the West Coast is not the West Coast people think it is here. It has four top 50 teams in uh, Gonzaga, BYU, Cisco, St. Mary's, and Santa Clara is hanging out right in the top 75, top 80. This is a good conference. I mean, I saw I saw a tweet where, I mean, you know, people who they – they're like, whoa, who they beat? Just BYU and uh, Santa Clara. Well, if you look at Ken Palm, that's like them beating Wisconsin in Miami, Florida, two solid power conference teams. Yeah, and they scored 115, 110, and 117 too. So it's not like they're just yeah. like when it's like they're scoring like more than some NBA teams are exactly. in these games, and they look their offense looks unstoppable. Yeah, although I, I do find it interesting. I mean, it was super close. You look at the points, 1486 for Zaga. 1482 for Auburn, and they would have been first if not for everybody's favorite people voter, Jesse Newell. Jesse Newell. I was just going to mention him. I think either eighth or ninth. Yeah, I was going to read. I have the website where I can look at all the voters. Oh, yeah. Pulled up. I was going to read off his top 10. So and I'm pretty sure he goes, but I've heard he just goes straight off, almost exactly off of Ken Palm. Yeah, just off those like DPI rankings. But he had Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova. Houston four, Arizona, Purdue, Kentucky seven, Kansas, Auburn, and Duke ten. He even had Indiana at twenty fifth. But yeah, he was that was one of Indiana's two votes. So I mean, I don't know how Jesse Newell is on the AP staff, but it was close. Four points separating Gonzaga and Auburn. You could give it to either one. I don't think like. Sure, Auburn has a great case with their recent wins, but Gonzaga is not undeserving of it, of the top spot. So, yeah, and both those teams are definitely one and two in the poll. Um, I mean, a lot of other movement, Baylor to uh, Oklahoma State out of nowhere Saturday. Yeah. Beat, beat them away. Baylor falls down four spots. Two in a row for them, actually, since our last show. Yeah. And they're both at home too. Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, TLA, another team shout out Oregon. Looks like yeah. they could be a real player in the Pac-12. Uh, I had them in my top forty. They kind of started off really bad, six and six, but I mean, they could easily get back on track. About like with their most recent wins, they can be anyone in the Pac-12. So they could get back on track, but they have to stay consistent because they started off pretty bad yeah yeah so i mean usc big faller uh michigan state big faller be hanging out right in the edge there byu and davidson at 27 28 yeah i had that there i think iowa byu and davidson all should have been in over uh yukon tennessee and texas i would completely switch those three put iowa davidson and um byu yeah i could see tennessee oh what was that I was just saying, Tennessee is the only five-loss team in there. I mean, they just look horrible recently. Fulkerson had uh, just horrible performance against Kentucky. He's never played good against them. He has four total points in his three games against them in his career. That's great. And he had zero the other night. But, I mean, Kentucky was great. We'll talk about that, I would assume. But I would yeah. replace those three teams. All right. Yeah. And I also think Nova should be top ten, and that's pretty much all my your opinions comments about Over the UCLA. Um, 
Oh, Villanova. Yeah. Yeah. In the top 10. Yeah. I would move them in over UCLA. I would move them above Houston too. Yeah. Uh, what was that? They beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They blew out Butler. I had that one over today. Yeah. All right. So getting into the picks for three days or do you have anything else? Uh, any other things? Um, well, that was all I had with the poll. Okay. Yeah. Same here. All right, so moving into our picks for this week, we got six games on tap. One of them we already went over real quick, Purdue, Illinois. So really we just got five games. So let's start it off in the Big 12. We got two games we're going to pick in here, beginning with Kansas and Oklahoma. Uh, I guess I'll start off here. I got Kansas in this one. Kansas to take control of the Big 12 again, especially with Baylor slipping. The door's open for them to take that uh, regular season blew out West Virginia 26 uh, held Taz Sherman to five which is a great performance and like we said we said in the Christmas episode the keys for David McCorley well got back in the starting lineup 19 and 15 uh, great game for him we said when he's on you know the, the team should be on uh, I think he's going to be a big factor in Oklahoma. I know they have Tanner Groves but Groves is a, a little actually no he's not under set. 235 but i don't think he has strength to really to really yeah. handle mccormick mccormick's a big strong yeah, that'll be a good matchup they'll be matched up together yeah kind of like a light slightly worse version of Sheboy. um but i mean definitely a lot worse rebounder but you know d- does the things that a typical traditional big man does uh key here also is i don't know who they're putting on uh ochai igbaji I think they can stick Emoji Gibson on Christian Braun, and that can work fine. I don't know who they're putting on Igbaji. And because of that, Oklahoma really up and down recently. Just had that loss to U and Texas. Yeah. I think Texas won. Yeah, I'm pretty much going with Kansas for the same reasons. I think the matchup between McCormick and Tanner Groves will be one of the biggest – will be like the – kind of decision maker for that game who wins that battle. And then also I don't think they Oklahoma really has no one for um Ochai Abaji. And yeah. Kansas has one loss in the Big 12 to Texas Tech. Um Texas Tech is good. They also beat Baylor, but I mean the Big 12 is just beating up on each other. There's not really a top team right now. So like you said it, Kansas with Baylor losing twice, Kansas could could take it easily here their last games is january they have oklahoma and kansas state which should be two wins texas tech which would be a good revenge game for them and then kentucky which would be big in the sec big 12 challenge yep and the computer did not agree with us here computer trying to get some games up and decided to go against us and take oklahoma at home by a score of 85 74 so that's a computer's pick. Uh, we'll see if that works out for him. Moving on, staying in the Big 12, we have Iowa State and Texas Tech. Number 16 versus number – or 15, I'm sorry, 15 versus number 18. Uh, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, so this is one, the one that I was saying that I might change my pick, and I actually am going to. I was going to pick Texas Tech originally, but I'm switching it to Iowa State. Uh, the Big 12, uh, I mean, we were just talked about a Big 12 game, and 
all the teams have similar conference records. I mean, three and one, two and one, three and two, three and two. Everyone's pretty much the same except Kansas State's one and four. But besides that, every team's competitive. And even Kansas State had a uh, win the other night. Who'd they beat? They beat Texas Tech. So it's like, who knows Yeah. right now? So um, I'm going Iowa State. I love um, Isaiah Brockington. He's super fun to watch. In that game against Kansas, he almost had it too. When, um, like he, they almost had that win. He was really good in that game. But they just beat Texas too, which – I didn't pick them. I just picked Texas because of an upset. So I'm feeling bad. So I'm going to go back to Iowa State. All right. And I think pretty well. I'm agreeing with you here. I'm taking Iowa State. Uh, Brockington, really good. Texas Tech starting to, in a, starting to fall off a little bit. I wouldn't say a collapse, only been one game, but losing by 11 to Kansas State, that's supposed to be the easiest win you can get in the Big 12. Yeah. Um, not a great showing from them, even if it is a way. That's still a game you got to win. Uh, I think the key, Isaiah, I'm, they have a lot of length. They have a lot of wings, so I'm not too worried in like who they can, like who they can guard. I don't think there's any real matchup matchup nightmares there. But just the way Iowa State's been playing, the way both teams have been playing, Brockington, like you said, you can really. Um, Gabe Kalsher had a big game against. Uh, uh, who was her last game against Texas? 22 points, six of 12 from three. Uh, solid night from him. And yeah, I think Iowa State gets it done. They're, they've been the hotter team recently. They can get the away win. All right. So moving on to our next game, going to the Big Ten here, Wisconsin and Northwestern. Um, I'll go first for this one. I'm, I'm going with the upset. I'm taking Northwestern. Northwestern are really, I, I, that going in, I mean, I know Rothstein said if they didn't make it to the tournament, he's he would sponsor a happy hour in Chicago. So Rothstein, big believer in him, but did not come out very strong. Uh, just to Providence, who had, I mean, that's a solid team, but uh, Wake Forest and OT, uh, a big one was to Penn State by four, Maryland double OT, but really no awful losses. And of course, they come on Saturday, knock off number 10, Michigan State in their own building, 64. 62 without Pete Nance, their best player. So I think this is a team they're starting to get together, play their best. Um, I haven't seen much of them. I know Chase, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Uh, Chase Oddish. Yeah. Uh, but he's been doing really well for them. Bowie, last year, really good point guard, really good pass first floor general type guy. He's at 15. And I don't know, is, is Pete Nance, was that a mild injury, do you know, or – um, I can see. I'll look real quick. I don't. I'm not sure, but I did see because I was looking at at the recap of the Michigan State game, and I saw he wasn't there, and I was like, "Dang!" Like they won without him. Yeah. But let me look real quick. Uh, well, yeah, I think whether he's back or not, I think they have a they have a great chance. You put Bowie or Audage on Johnny Davis. That's a good matchup. I think they have enough inside to make a difference. They will be at home, so they'll have that benefit. I think it'll be close, but I think they pulled the upset. I'm not seeing anything, so I'm gonna assume he's playing because nothing's really okay. coming up. So I'm assuming he's I'm gonna assume he's playing, but I'm still going Wisconsin here. Wisconsin is the hottest team in so far this month. They started off the month with that huge win at Purdue, 
And since then, they've beaten Iowa, Maryland, destroyed Ohio State, too. And I don't really see them slowing down against Northwestern. Sure, Northwestern's a good team. They don't really have a bad loss. I would say they're kind of like a bubble team, but they just play in such a tough conference that I don't see them getting in. But they're like if they were in like the ACC, then I think they could compete. But I also think Northwestern, like if this makes sense, is like a school for like transfer people. I feel like they have a perfect, they always have like really good kids who like transfer to other schools and become good. But uh, I'm, yeah, Wisconsin. Is just I don't see them slowing down against Northwestern, and Northwestern is coming off a huge win for them actually because it's at Michigan State. It's their Michigan State's first conference loss, and they didn't even have their best player. But I don't think they do it two times in a row. All right, yeah, and Northwestern very streaky team, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin comes in just blows them out of the gym. Um, but the computer me with the upset. They took a Northwestern 75-71. It's in a close one. And by the way, they did take, I don't know if I said this, but the computer also took Iowa State. Uh, so all three of us picked that one the same. Took Iowa 68-62, Northwestern 75-71. All right, moving to CC for our game. Here we have North Carolina and Miami, Florida. The battle of two teams uh, near the top of the ACC standings. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get this one. Um I have Miami in this game. Um, Miami's home. I think this is a super even matchup. I don't really see there being like a huge uh, favorite here. It does have UNC as a slight favorite by 58% um, on the matchup predictor, but I don't really think it's as, I think it's super close. Uh, Arm, is it Armando or Armando? Um, Bacot on North Carolina has been like really good recently. Miami just lost to Florida State by one, which is a disappointing loss because they were doing really good so far this month. They beat Wake Forest, who's not bad, Syracuse, and then they had that big win at uh, Cameron against Duke. And now they're going back home to play North Carolina. And I don't know. I like the Miami team. I think they're underrated. Cameron Mcgusty is really good, 18-6. and six. Um, I don't really know if – North Carolina has anyone who can match up with him because he's a guard, but he's not really, he's got some height. He's 6'5, 190. So he's not really a small guard. So he uh, plays like a wing forward kind yeah. of. Yeah. But he also like, he also handles the ball a decent amount. Um, uh, yeah. They do have a true point guard, Charlie Moore. He is their like main facilitator, I would say. He's like 5'11", it says here, but uh, I got Miami in this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Miami. Uh, like you said, I think you said it well, this is really even board. Armando Vicat put a Warren Berg on him. I think North Carolina has a slight edge there. But Miami has a slight edge in the backcourt with Charlie Moore. guiding. I mean, their backcourt's so so deep. Isaiah Wong uh, played great for them last year, playing great again this year. Absolute score, perimeter threat, but he can, he's a great finisher too. Uh, between him, Moore, McGusty, three of their juniors or seniors, uh, Moore especially, it feels like he's been in college forever. Actually, I'm sorry, Wong's actually a sophomore, but that's with the COVID year. He has, he's played three years with them. So technically, so really more of a junior. 
Uh, but yeah, there. I think that's the key here. I think home court is really the that, like th- this really is as tight of a game as it gets. And I think mm-hmm. it comes down to my home court advantage. And uh, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch between Wong Moore, because uh, I'm assuming it'll be Wong and Moore against Caleb Love and R.J. Davis guarding each other. So then it comes down is the X factor, their leading score, averaging 18. See what he can do. I think Miami bounces back. Really tough loss. Florida State, no matter how you know average or bad they are, always a tough place for Hamilton. Uh, really good coach. Always going to have the guys ready to play. So losing by one point away, even though they're not great, isn't that bad of a loss, I don't think. And you add in, like you said, the month they've had, I think they bounced back when at home. And the computer did agree with us. And that one again, Miami 87-69. So after no, I don't think any unanimous picks on Thursday, two already today. Uh, and we'll see if we have it on this last game, which is another ranked matchup, LSU and Alabama. Um, I'll go first for this one, finish it off. I have LSU just pretty much based off of how these teams have been playing. I think they're both going in opposite directions. LSU's on the way up. Oh, yeah. on the way down. Uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. They're unranked. I didn't even realize that. They're yeah, they're the going to make it this. Okay, which I think makes perfect sense based yeah. on how the way they've been playing. Um, Two-point loss to Mississippi State, who was a bubble team going into that one. And, I mean, Alabama, high-powered offense. LSU, great defense. Uh, even though they lost to Arkansas by seven, Arkansas, yeah, a hyped up team going into the year. Of course, they kind of collapsed in SEC play, but that might be a win that back into things. And even then, I mean, Arkansas is a super high powered offense either way. And they held them to 65, Tennessee, 67, Kentucky, 60. Uh, they've, they're an excellent off, uh, I'm sorry, excellent defense with a solid offense as well. That's enough to beat Alabama. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. I'm picking Alabama. They, Alabama sucks right now. They've lost three in a row. Missouri was a bad loss. Auburn was – it wasn't a bad loss. They lost at home, but it was – Auburn's a top-two team in the country. Yeah. And they played it tight until the end, too. And the Mississippi State loss is just – it's all right. They're, it was away, and they are, they are a bubble team who's on the rise. But, I mean, Alabama looks so good about a month ago. And I'm not saying that them winning this game gets them back on track, but I mean, after this game, they have Missouri again, and then Georgia, who's Georgia's horrible, and Missouri should be, especially at home, is that game should be a win, and they play Baylor, but um, I don't really have any like specific reason for Alabama winning because you said LSU's defense against Alabama's offense, it makes sense for LSU to win, but. Um, I'm going with Alabama. All right. And, yeah, I, I think Alabama's backcourt is going to be key because you saw I mean, the loss of Mississippi, Shackelford and Quinterly, I think, combined for, like, 30% shooting. They they had an off night. So, I mean, if the, if, if the guards come to play, I can see it, especially, like, the Shackelford and Quinterly. Um, yeah, I can see it going either way. And the computer did agree with you, took Alabama – 73 to 65. So you got the computer on that one. All right. And that'll do it for our picks. You guys can come back here on Thursday. Check out how we did. Um, 
Yeah. See if I right now it's tied. So it could go either way between me yeah. and Kellen in the lead the time we come back here on Thursday. All right, moving on to our segments, beginning with my mid-major week. And today we are going for to a guy. Um, I thought I was going to switch it up. I thought I was going to take a guy super underground. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to say what conference. I'm just going to avoid mentioning that whatsoever. But uh, after watching a little bit of a game on Saturday, and after watching this guy play, I knew I had to pick him. I had a Kellen thought he had it. I told him he was wrong. He was wrong at the end of the day, though, because it's Malachi Smith, guard from Chattanooga, another top in our top forty again this week. And you want to talk about not only one of the best mid-major players, one of the best players in the country, six four, two hundred five guard out of Chattanooga, uh, twenty one and a half points, six and a half rebounds, three assists. 56 I'm sorry 53 percent shooter for the mocks and this guy does everything he's a scorer on all three levels good defense he's a big R I think he could definitely make it in the NBA um even if he is playing SoCon team I mean we've, we've seen it before Steph Curry people forget was in the SoCon at Davidson uh when he got drafted so a, a conference that can produce good NBA players and he's really leading the charge for Chattanooga team that features, like we've said before, Silvio D'Souza, former five-star at Kansas, the third, uh, David Jean Baptiste, an all-SoCon player that uh, really talented himself. But Malachi Smith's leading the charge. And he was a transfer, actually, from Wright State, where he started his career, had a city year, but started every, has started every game he's played Chattanooga so far. You just seen, I mean, average five and a half points his freshman year at Wright State. Up shot up to 17. Now he's at 21 and a half. Affects the game in so many ways. Um, some of his he really doesn't have a super standout performance. Murray State 30 team was his best point performance this year. 36, six rebounds, 14 of 17 shooting. He's not, he's more of a finisher he is a perim he's not a super uh dangerous perimeter threat he's more of a finisher but he's a great finisher um yeah 14 of 17 53 from the floor 44 from three so when he does shoot he's efficient yeah his uh, that, his three point percentage has gone up every year too from 22 to 38 to 44 now yeah so i mean really sean putting in the offseason work and is paying off I mean, some other Middle Tennessee State, not a bad team themselves. 21 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, for a 6'4 guy to do that, it's, don't see that. Uh, let's see, Belmont, yeah, they played Belmont and Murray State. Lost to both, but again, two really good losses. Belmont only by 8, Murray State only by 11. 36 against Murray, like I said. 27 against Belmont, 10 of 19 shooting. No team has really shut him down this year. The only two teams you can really say so, kind of random, Charleston and North Carolina, Ash. Only two teams that held him to single digits this year and uh, five points there. But other than that, he's shown he can score at will against some of the top teams in the country to what people might think. I think both Murray State and Belmont, top 50 teams, even though Murray State kind of ran him out of the gym yeah. the other day. But still, I mean, the, those are two two really good teams, and he did what he wanted against them. So, yeah, Malachi Smith, 
might be my bones highland this year i know i talked about him on Lee and foster lawyer a lot but this is a special player in college i would definitely on him i wouldn't count chattanooga out for an at-large bid the way they've been playing they, they should be the favorite for the ferment uh i'm sorry should be the favorite in the socon yeah. after they Furman. but even if they slip up i mean no really great wins but if they only slip up once or twice more in SoCon play, it's a weak bubble this year. I'd I'd find it I'd find it hard to keep them out. So I would love to see them too. I like I mean I thought it was Malachi Smith originally, but yeah, I'm it is. So I'd love to see yeah. them. Yeah. Super talented team. If you haven't got a chance to watch them this Saturday, um, should be on national TV a lot more. Sadly, the SoCon gets buried on ESPN Plus a lot, but looking. Schedule here. They're only going to have one more game nationally televised Saturday, February 5th, and against Mercer. Not an awful team themselves. I'd mark that day down to your calendar. Uh, try to check them out because they have a couple really good players. So, yeah, Kai Smith, that's my guy for this week, my mid major guy. And now moving on to your segment, the Indiana Rep- from this week. They played. Yeah, they played one yeah, game. You're recording before this Nebraska game. Yeah, so they played tonight at six. They play at Nebraska. Yeah. And, I mean, they played on Thursday. They played at Iowa. And I really thought it was going to be their first road win. And it was looking pretty good at halftime. They were up seven. And then they just came out so sluggish. And it looked horrible. Keegan Murray was in foul trouble, so he didn't even play that much. He played uh, 22 minutes, which – he got in at the end, but like that wasn't, he was out for a while because of foul trouble, but he only had 12 points. He was five for nine. Bohannon was two for 11 with 11 points, one for seven from three. But I mean, the story of the night was Chris Murray. He uh, went off 12 for 18 shooting 29 points, career high and 11 rebounds, career high. Um, He had probably the best night of his career. Um, I mean, there was people tweeting saying like, did they, did him and Keegan switch jerseys at halftime? Like he, he just came out and they couldn't really do anything. Indiana's defense was just kind of like, there was, it was so weird because Chris Murray was the only guy scoring. Everyone else was horrible, but Hannon couldn't shoot. He was two for 11. And then towards the end, I was sort of pressing and Indiana was just breaking down. They couldn't even beat the press. Xavier Johnson was my difference maker in this game. And he, did not show up. He was two for seven. He had four assists and four rebounds, but um, let me see how many turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers. So, I mean, at what cost? And didn't really get any shooting going. He was 0 for 2 from 3. Parker Stewart had um, had an okay game. He had two threes, four for seven from the field, 11, 2, and 3. But um, just not much for Indiana. Trey Jackson Davis had no right game. But just a letdown. Uh, I was excited to see them win their first home game, especially coming off this the last week that they had against Ohio State and Minnesota. But I'm expecting them to win against Nebraska tonight at Nebraska. I mean, that's the worst team in the Big Ten. They already beat them earlier, um, and they need this road win. They still are looking for their first away win. They're 12-4, and 0-4 on the road. But – I mean, if they lose tonight, 
be pathetic. Yeah. But they were they could have been ranked if they beat Iowa too, but they only got two votes. And I mean one of them was from Jesse Newell, so one vote but maybe like 1.2 votes yeah like one and a half or something but after that it's um probably the biggest game of the year for the regular season it's a home against purdue so then they need this win yeah and uh we're gonna have um yeah a big big segment next week for you because you got nebraska then you got purdue and you got Michigan, which I definitely wouldn't sleep on. I know they haven't been playing well, but the talent's still there. Definitely wouldn't sleep on them, even if you are home. So, yeah, it should be a big, big segment next week. You guys should uh, come back for that one. But that was your sports report. Yeah, Chris Murray, oh I guess that really, really was the difference maker in that game. Uh, when was it? Thursday. Thursday. All right, so moving on now to the random shit report, which a little better, a little better than last, at least for me. Um, I don't know if you've got anything, but I do have a couple. And we'll start off. Uh, eh, this is this is borderline, but Atlantic 10 uh, basketball had a deal with NBC Sports Network the last few years. NBC Sports Network shut down New Year's Eve. So now that sports games are moving to usa network uh which it's not it's not weird but i mean usa network has never really been a network i think of with college basketball when i when i had my wwe phase i watched monday night raw on usa uh, a lot but now they have atlantic 10 basketball which i think their first game televised which is like a few days after uh, new year's was i think thought i saw a tweet first college basketball game on the network in 35 years so new tv network getting some college basketball coverage should be interesting to see so if you ever want to see some atlantic 10 games over the weekend always check usa network see what they have all fulkerson um at one point against kentucky had a stat line of zero points yeah this is a halftime of the tennessee kentucky game zero points zero rebounds three turnovers two um, that was like, part of mine. My random share report was also Fulkerson, but it was he's played Kentucky three times in his career and he's had 55 minutes played. I'm pretty sure four points, 10 rebounds. I don't remember the shooting percentage, but I mean, you can imagine it was horrible. Yeah. And just more turnovers than points and rebounds combined. I mean, it's just horrible. He's not stepped up to. Kentucky, especially this year, because he's definitely the leader on that team. He's a six-year senior, and I don't really know where Kentucky or where Tennessee goes from here because they have showed that there's a gap between them and the other teams in the SEC. So we'll have to see where they end up. I've always said Rick Barnes's team's always supposed to have a great defense. Kentucky just went crazy on it. Yeah. Uh, and my last thing here, I need to give a shout out to the Chicago State Cougars. Chicago State has been notoriously hated yeah, the past yeah. years. Uh, going into this year, the worst, not only court, but just like in terms of their athletic department altogether and just like the, the support school, you factor all that in, they're probably at the very bottom in terms of D1 schools. But 
We thought there could be some potential opening night. They knocked off St. Thomas, newest D1 school, but still five-point D1 win. That's great. Then they started off 2-0. They beat Southern Illinois Edwardsville 67-56. But long story Saturday, they picked up their first road conference win in over five years, knocking off Lamar in the WAC 67-56. And they are now... You check the standings here to verify six and 13, which may not sound great. Looking at their past seasons, um, let me bring it up here real quick. Might be more wins than they got in past seasons, like yes, I, I think like three seasons combined. I know they stopped the season middle of last year because of COVID concerns, but this is a team that's consistently two season, three win season, uh, four win season, and now we're only half like just. Halfway through the year, they already got six in a 13-team whack. They are eighth. So some small improvement from Chicago State. It's not all great for them because they are leaving the whack at the end of this year. And as of right now, they don't have another conference to go to. That feels a little worrying for any Chicago State fans out there. But for now, you guys are holding your own in the whack and uh, best season in a while. So congrats to them. All right, that'll do it for me. Do you have anything else you wanted to add here before we? Oh, that's it. End it. I don't have anything else. Oh, also one more shout out. I mentioned the name earlier. Bones Highland. Saturday, I think Saturday, Friday night against the Lakers, dropped a career high of about. Uh, check the box score to verify. I didn't have this on standby. Yeah, Nuggets blew them out. Bones Highland career high, twenty-seven points, six of ten Ooh. from three, ten rebounds too, which kind of came out of. I mean, the guy's 6'2", 169, and he grabbed 10 rebounds for him. So good for Bones, averaging nine points as a rookie. Definitely going to have to follow his name. He's making an impact for Denver. So don't want to say I was right, but yeah, I'm not completely so far. I think you're right. So that'll do it for us here at episode 11. We'll see you guys back here on Thursday. Oh, uh, any updates on the social medias? Oh, um. Top 40 will be out today. We have it, um, everything. So it should be out today or sometime tonight or maybe early tomorrow. But um, um, that's pretty much – oh, it, uh, I posted a clip to TikTok this weekend. Uh, but besides that, that's everything, I think. Yeah, and, uh, TFS underscore pod. Make sure you get all this on there for more content, college basketball. Yeah. Uh, we post some things that we don't talk about in the podcast. Uh, you know, more more college basketball for you to look at for us. Uh, yeah, look, one more time, TFS underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So that'll do it for 11. We'll see you guys back here Thursday for another episode of 357.